0: How high is too high for DeAndre Swift? Is Ezekiel Elliott dead? All that, top 24 running backs and some flex options coming at you right now. TFA fam, welcome into the week two running back rankings for your 2021 fantasy football leagues. If you didn't see the quarterback video, something I just want to get some some quick feedback on. We're thinking about doing like a, a Friday update to our rankings just as more stuff comes out and we start to settle into this a little bit more. So if that's something that would interest you guys, please leave a comment. Let us know. Uh, like uh, Just a short, quick video. Just guys, we're, mo- we're moving up and down, things like that. So with that out of the way, Robbie, let's jump right into this. Let's kick things off with your RB1s for Week 2. You have it as... Follows: McCaffrey, Camara, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Swift at five, Derrick Henry at six, Eckler at seven, Chubb, Zeke, Mixon, Gibson, and Chris Carson at twelve. I have it: McCaffrey, Cook, Aaron Jones, Camara, Chubb, Henry, Mixon, Eckler. I have Swift at nine, Gibson, Zeke, and Chris Carson at twelve. As you're going through these RB1s, you know, what, what stuck out to you? How did you parse through these these top names? And DeAndre Swift at five. who?
1: Talk to me about it. Uh, Swift came out, and he just he just balled, man. And, and I get it. The, the Lions are going to be bad, and, and we all knew it. But what we have found, and I think what we showed from week one, which I, I think is actually not an overreaction. I think this will happen more games than it won't that Hawkinson's going to be targeted and Swift's going to be targeted, especially because these lines are going to be coming from behind, chasing the the, the team that's leading. And I think this is absolutely going to be the game script for the Packers. Despite them struggling in week one, the Packers should uh, regain their form uh, and and dominate in this game. So he saw 68% of the snaps in in week one where he was supposedly limited. Um, I get it. Jamal Williams had a good game. I think he actually scored more points in a PPR setting I think that's maybe where you say, okay, that's a little fluky. And Swift just has the talent where um, he, they're going to fall behind. He's going to get peppered. So I really like him for, for this week as well. Austin Eckler, your guy, right? Like He had four carries inside the five-yard line. That was top in the NFL along with Nick Chubb and Mark Ingram. Um, he scored once, but uh, this is a guy that didn't really get targeted a whole lot, and that's kind of his game, right, it, it is the pass-catching work as well. So he's a guy that that can absolutely bounce back against a, a Horrendous Cowboys defense, um, and then the next guy I'll talk about is, is Zeke, and he had a horrendous Week One. Uh, we probably all should have had him lower. We just were like, you know, this is the talent. Uh, you know, the Bucks sure they're tough, but this offense, they he can find the end zone. He really struggled, and, and I don't think that's something that sticks around the entire year. They do get Zach Martin back. Sure, they lose Lyle Collins, but I'm going to say that the net positive probably helps with the all pro probably second best guard in the NFL after Quentin Nelson, Um, he comes back. I think that's really going to help. And then um, I just think the chargers are obviously, uh, uh, they're not an easy defense. They're, they're one of these defense. I want to, in the middle where they're not easy they're not difficult but they're definitely easier than the bucks so i'm gonna have zeke there as a low-end running back one he has a really good opportunity to score zeke had 1.8 yards before contact against that bucks defense i don't think that is the same case against the chargers so uh he should be locked and loaded back again as a running back one
0: it was good to see antonio gibson just take take over honestly jd mckissick sprinkled in a little bit patterson you know sprinkled in but for the most part it was the it was the antonio gibson show uh, hopefully, with Heineke taking over, we can see some more targets be funneled Gibson's way. But again, you know, we, we were kind of starting to get worried through the preseason because we all we heard was like, "Hey, the CMC role, and they're going to start using him more as a as a pass catcher." And then the preseason, I think he played like what, like two snaps on third down or something like that. So we're like, "All right, here we go again." But it looks like it's going to be Gibson, so that was really good to see. You touched on the Austin Eckler thing already. So it was good to see those those red zone touches because I, I was told that there's no way that Austin Eckler is gonna get, you know, any of these goal line red zone touches. So like I, we better go back and double check that because I, I was told all off season that he was too small to get those and he's not gonna get them. So maybe, you know, at the end of the show we'll go back and double check that. So then Chris Carson just going undervalued every single year. Rashad Penny doing Rashad Penny things. He's already out for this week. Looks like it's going to be a multiple week absence for him. So fire up Chris Carson. And then Joe Mixon just taking over as the as the workhorse there, just getting all of the touches that he's going to be able to handle. Look good as a runner, was getting the targets as well. Gave us a little bit of a scare. I saw the thing come across, you know, my I think it was a sleeper notification, just saying that, you know, he was being looked at for like the second time already. I was like, here we go. Here we go again. It's already happening. But came back, dominated touches. We don't need to worry about anybody else in that backfield as of right now. So it was just good to see some of those things. Let's get into some of these RB2s for the week. Kicking things off at 13, you have your guy, David Montgomery, followed by Najee Harris, Clyde edwards Lair, JT there for you at 16, Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, Daryl Henderson at 20, Tyson Williams at 21, James Robinson, Miles Gaskin, and then Melvin Gordon at 24. I also have Monty at 13, Jonathan Taylor, Damian Harris, Najee Harris, Clyde, Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Daryl Henderson, Gaskin, Melvin Gordon, James Robinson, and then Chase Edmonds at 24. So as you're going through these, this is kind of where like everything started to get jumbled for me. How did you parse out these guys in your RB2
1: ranges entering week two? Yeah, even though these are all running back twos, I feel like there's a drop-off. And I think maybe you're, you're references, referencing this as well. Kind of after Jonathan Taylor, Damian Harris, uh, maybe that Miles Sanders range, I feel like there's a drop-off where I'm not sure if these guys yeah. can get up into that level. And so kind of just kicking it off, uh, David Montgomery is a guy I wanted to get in running back one status. I was told, I, I like how you went uh, the I was told route with Austin Eckler. <laughs> I was told Dave, uh, David Montgomery only was good because he faced terrible defenses for seven games straight. Uh, It was just an easy cakewalk of a schedule why he became the running back four. Uh, And he comes out and he dominates against a fantastic run defense in the L.A. Rams. They were third best against the run in 2020. They really didn't lose any pieces, Um, and he had the most yards per attempt after contact in in week one with over five yards uh, per carry after contact, which is – Just crazy if you actually think about it. Like, when he's getting touched, normally, like, it's two and a half, three yards after contact. Three yards would be fantastic. Um, He only played 59% of the snaps, but he did leave, if I remember right. He kind of did a Joe Mixon where you're like, oh, gosh, he left the game for a bit. What's happening? But then he came back and and they were kind of out of it there, so I think they went to uh, Damian Williams a little bit more. But I'm not worried about um, the work there. He's not going to get you know 80 percent, 90 percent of the carries. They will work on a second running back. The other guy, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and this is a guy with with a tough matchup where you maybe you want to um, lower him a little bit. But I like him right here just because of his home run ability, and that he works uh, worked in so well as a pass catcher, right? We, we normally think that that's going to be Naheem Hines. Well, honestly, Jonathan Taylor was one of the top guys this week uh, in yards per route run, uh, which I was really surprised about. Um, but yeah, he had a really bi- uh, big week one receiving uh, as well. So um, I think he he can be really big in 2021 if he continues kind of that pass catching work as well. Um, but then the next guy, Damian Harris, you talked about maybe updating our ranks on Friday and doing quick videos on guys who maybe have shifted a lot. I want to hear more news about what's going on here because Damian Harris gets all the work, looks really good. Um, but then he fumbles like late in the game and you hear these yeah. rumors i saw the report that comes out that maybe they're going to dial back his workload a little bit and i'm like bill belichick hates fumbling like this actually might have some grounds to it but then the backup running back ramande Stevenson fumbles as well so i don't know what that does are we going to see 160 pounds soaking wet jj taylor start to take some of these carries you know i i don't think so so I still have him as running back 17, which is super high for a guy who really doesn't catch passes. He did catch two in week one, but that's not going to be his forte at all. So this is a really high ranking for somebody who's got the, you know, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, like non involvement in the passing game without their upside in the rushing game. So, a um, little nervous about that, but he did have 25 touches, 117 yards against Miami in week one, so really like him. And then, yeah, after that, it, it's I think it's pretty uh, consensus with, with yours. Uh, who did you like out of that group? Like Melvin Gordon, great matchup
0: against the Jags. His final stat line is misleading because he was only averaging three yards per carry. Javante Williams was like at 3.9, so neither of them were like doing anything great, and then Gordon rattles off that 70-yard Rush, you know, puts him, I think we had, what, like 11 carries for over 100 yards. James Robinson, uh, Urban Meyer doing Urban Meyer things. Carlos Hyde getting more carries. The plus side here, the silver lining with James Robinson was worked in more as the pass catcher. I think he saw six targets. I'm not sure that Carlos Hyde saw any. Uh, I, f- I feel like I could have Daryl Henderson up a little bit higher. Sonny Michelle, I think, only had one carry, and that wasn't until the, the game was in the bag for for the Rams that game so I, he's someone I feel like I'd have I could have a little bit higher there's a couple of guys that like you know Tyson Williams for for instance he's in your he's in your uh RB2 range I have him right outside it was weird to me how he just like disappeared toward the end of that game and then he gets in and just decides like hey you know what I really don't need to pick up this guy who's coming in free screaming at Lamar Jackson like I'll, I'll pretend to get in the way Lamar loses the fumble, and that ends up being the, the difference maker in that game. So he's someone who like who looked really good, had some juice, was getting some targets as well. But then Latavius Murray comes in, like, could this be like a turning of the tide where we see Latavius now become the, the 1A to the 1B back? You know, Ronald Jones apparently going to be the starter, even though he fumbled. Now he's out of the doghouse already. So who knows what's going on. With that, but obviously they have the good matchup against Atlanta. You could see both of those guys finishing as back end RB twos, but w- like, who do you put them above? So, after we get outside of the top twenty four, who are some of these guys? You know, like flex worthy plays, maybe some some guys that you know are, are in some good matchups that you like here for week two.
1: I'm glad you mentioned Ronald Jones because I I want to quote the great George W. Bush and say, "Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice." Can't get fooled again. I am not falling into this trap right now. I need to see it for a couple of weeks. He's named the starter. I don't know what that means. Don't trust Bruce Arian. Uh, I, I did move him above Leonard Fournette, but he, he's going to stay in that outside my top 30 I'm not really looking to start him he just happens to be above some of these other guys Um, I can see you starting some other guys depending on the matchup but uh, no the guys I want to talk about uh, you you mentioned Javante and he falls right outside the top 24 for me so technically a flex people are probably going to look like you said at Melvin Gordon but Javante received 50% of the snaps and that's week one right like My big thing I think that I always try and tell people is that rookies are going to get worked in. We see some of these pop off and we think that's the norm, but rookies sometimes take time, right? Cam Akers, we wanted him to take over, but it was Malcolm Brown and then it was Daryl Henderson for a little bit when Akers got hurt. And Jonathan Taylor, Like we saw a lot of backs take some time. And I think 50% snapshare week one is very enticing. Like you were saying, he was more efficient than Gordon outside the 70-yard run. I'm really excited about him. I think he's a flex that I would absolutely play. Elijah Mitchell is another interesting name here because yeah we he, we probably
0: we probably buried the lead here maybe maybe we, maybe something we should have mentioned before we
1: got 20 minutes into the episode yeah. everyone's wanting to know where where do we put Elijah Mitchell right and and honestly guys I would love to tell you he's going to be a running back too but it's almost like the, the can't trust Bruce Arians, I, I'm starting to not trust Kyle Shanahan a little bit after a lot of this stuff that happened week one. And and we know that Trey Sermon is going to be active. He said that. I, I'm not sure if this is a, a Elijah Mitchell gets 19 carries. One, because I don't think they're going to dominate quite at that level. And, and two, I'm going to guess they want to get something. They want to at least see what Sermon can do, right? I, I get it. He was an active week one. Mostert's now out. That game plan has now changed he's going to be active. I think they're going to want to see what he has. Does he have more carries than, than Mitchell? I'm going to say no, and I'm ranking it that way where Mitchell is higher in a flex option and Sermon's kind of right out there if you're desperate kind of situation. I don't, I don't think I'm comfortable starting him when he was inactive week one, but if he led the team in, in carries, I I would be like, yep, yeah, that's Kyle Shanahan, just teaching Sermon a lesson. And now he's got him start, you know? So I, I did want to note that he looked fantastic in the first half, but actually in the second half, he kind of wore down a little bit. He actually had 14 carries they were really working him. they had the lead. He only had 45 yards on 14 carries in, in that second half, you know, was the Lions' defense playing better? I don't know, but it, it just seemed like he didn't have that burst. Because man, he looked fantastic in the first half. He was running hard, breaking tackles. The the one thing I just wanted to note is that he had so much burst. So I actually really really liked his play, and and I think he's worth picking up. But I don't know if he keeps that job the whole time.
0: Some of the guys that I that I like for this week, Naheem Hines getting 17 opportunities, going up against the Rams in a the game they should be trailing. You know, he's going to be seeing his seven, eight, nine targets. The same way he did uh he did last week so I, I like Hines there as well i think he's a really solid flex play and then uh kenneth gainwell i think is someone just to, to at least monitor 12 plus team leagues definitely pick him up he had 11 touches we know they're gonna be putting they're gonna work someone in alongside miles sanders and after week one anyway it looks like gainwell is going to be that guy because i'm not sure that boston scott even registered an opportunity uh, in, in week one. So real quickly before we get out of here, is there anyone that you are just straight up fading this week, anyone you're sitting, any any other situations that you' you're kind of paying attention to for week two?
1: Yeah, there's three guys I'm actually kind of nervous about. And and if you have better options, which you might not at the running back position, but if you do have better options, I'm probably sitting these guys in more situations than not. Uh, The first one is Mike Davis. Like I was saying uh, on our other video, I think this entire offense is going to struggle against a very good defense. I don't think they're as good as the Cowboys offense where they can keep this as a shootout. Matt Ryan I think is going to struggle. Mike Davis especially in one of the worst matchups he'll face all year. I'm not looking to start Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Uh, the second guy is Saquon Barkley, and this might be a, a little bit hot takey, but I was one of the lower guys on him for week one, and, and he, he did struggle. One, he was limited. Two, he has to shake off this rust. We haven't seen him play actual football since week one of last year, like over a year. So um, yeah. now he has a short week. He's been limited in the first two days of practice. He's not even doing full practice. He's going against bad a tough, matchup. bad matchup. I don't think you have to start him, and I know that sounds crazy, but just off of last week, it just seems like he won't get the opportunities where it's like, okay, he's going to get 20 carries and he'll maybe bang out a touchdown. It's like, no, he'll probably get 12 to 15 carries, a target or two, because that's the other thing is I don't think his targets eclipse anywhere near where we've seen in the past with Saquon because of all the other wide receivers that they've brought it or that they have now, including Kelly Galladay. So um, that, that's, where, that's where I sit with Saquon. And then the third guy is Josh Jacobs, man. He got so bailed out with a touchdown there. He looked not great. His snap share was bad. I actually think he was out snapped by Kenyon Drake. I'd have to look for sure, but he had less than a 50% snap share. Uh, I'm really nervous about Josh Jacobs in matchups where I don't think that they're going to be in it or, or, you know, maybe leading in some games. So scared if he doesn't score. He might just get you three or four points because he's not getting you stuff in the passing game. So, those are three guys that I'm sitting that people will probably be looking to start in normal weeks.
0: Just to touch on that uh, real quick Josh Jacobs had 45 snaps, Kenyon Drake had 41, but obviously Jacobs only had 40 total yards. And, like you said, just got absolutely bailed out by scoring. So, I, I'm absolutely with you there. I was lower on Jacobs. I was lower on Barkley last week as well, but not not low enough.
1: Not low enough. Not a running (laughs) back 50. It was not in the top 50 running backs.
0: That is going to wrap up our running back rankings for week two. Any questions you guys have, you can leave them here in the video or you can jump into our free Discord. Click the link below. No strings attached, no paywall, nothing like that. We're not trying to suck you in. Just a, a free community of people who love fantasy football, just like we do. Please be sure to hit that subscribe, like, rate review on podcast. We really appreciate all the all the help and support we've been getting. Until the next time, we'll talk to you all soon.